Good morning, Hobo Sapiens. It's episode three. Uh, thanks so much for listening last week, and thanks so much for the kind words about it. Um, I know it was a frustrating listen to, to listen to me and Martin talk about Brexit and to work out, you know, we were trying to work out maybe where there was some sort of point where we could agree on things, um, but so many people wrote in to say it's nice to hear people talking about it rather than just arguing about it. So that I I appreciate that. I I found that quite hard. I found that quite hard because it's it's just you kind of you want to change someone's mind, don't you? You want to change someone's mind about something you feel about that that's a threat that I feel is a threat to the entire country and especially to my profession and to my life and I'd quite like for it to not be that. Um so so yeah, I it's it's hard to not get to the point where you're trying to smash someone's head in to say, change your mind, because let's face it, that will not work. So thank you. Uh, thank you for understanding. And thank you for writing in and saying such lovely things about it. I really appreciate it. This week's episodes with Sue Hart, the Reverend Sue Hart. Um, and I, oh God, I need this episode so much. I'm so stressed. Um, I've got an album to launch in a few weeks and there's so much to do. And I'm living uh, in a load of bags and when you've got a lot of merch to make, you have to carry all that merch with you. I've I've made these greetings cards sort of size things, which are the vegan alternative to plastic CDs. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're compostable, they're recyclable, but they're something to sell at the gig, um, which I can still sign and do all that sort of thing. And the idea is that I've, I've printed off a few hundred of these things. Uh, but I've got to go to the Isle of Wight today, so I've now failed up a bag full of things like that rather than clothes. Um, and I've got to take a double base and a heavy rucksack full of laptop and uh, other gear and uh, go and do that uh, for the next week. I'm, I'm I'm over there for the week. And then, oh, and then, oh, there's just so much to do. I've got to order T-shirts. I've got to do... I've had a cold. Uh I was in London. I was going to ha- try and hook up with loads of Extinction Rebellion rebels um, whilst I was in London, but uh, I ended up with a virus just shivering in my in my brother's house um, uh, and going. <laughs> but it was nice to see him and my nephew and my stepsister. I saw my stepsister Lisa um, for approximately fifteen seconds uh, on the first day and about seventeen seconds on the second day. Uh, because she's uh, a teacher and I, I was basically waking up at 6am just to see her and give her a cuddle. Uh, anyway, I, d- I did end up recording a, a one podcast interview with, with Zan from the, the Lounge Kittens, which was brilliant um, and <laughs> and funny. And uh, that will be coming up in a, 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 about 10 weeks or so, I think. And um, and yeah, and, and then we went for a really big curry, uh, obviously with the idea of obviously it was about medicine we weren't just eating curry because we love eating curry that's not true we loved eating curry i had a paneer dan sack it's my go-to dish in a new restaurant is a paneer dan sack um i like paneer because it's little lumps of cheese inside a curry um and i because i'm trying to not eat loads and loads of meat i thought you know having the cheese is a good way of doing things um so it's a little lump of stuff rather than a bit of cabbage. I'm never, never, impre- you know, when you bite into a bit of cabbage in a curry sauce, you go, ah, it's just not the same, is it? It's not the same. So I like a, I like a lump of paneer. I like a cube of something. And I shovel that in. The onion bhajis, we didn't do a review, were actually really, really good. They were flat. Uh, they were well cooked on the outside, but still very squishy on the inside. Uh, good use of 
fenugreek again, um, which I, I always appreciate. Uh, yeah, and that was a really good carry. It was, it was quite a nice time, but it didn't quite cure the illness. And then it was back south and uh, to my mum's moving house. Um, she was really ill earlier this year. I don't know if you heard about that or not, but um, she was really, really sick and nearly dead. And then the NHS came along with lasers and cured her, which was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, but she's got this this four-bedroom house that's full of her stuff. She's got so much stuff and a garage full of stuff and a shed full of stuff. And she's moving house, uh, but she's also massively emotionally attached to all this stuff. It's her comfort blanket. So I'm having the very frustrating task of trying to convince her that four-bedrooms of a house won't move into three bedrooms of a bungalow but uh you never know you never know she might get there at some point um i've been so this weekend i've been sorting out loads of that stuff and i've just taken lots of books and cds and dvds down to uh i've i've sorted through all those and sold lots of her stuff um which will uh, hopefully help out uh and the rest we know can be uh can be put into donations and stuff like that so so at least there's that starting to happen which is quite nice god knows how long i've got to do it but of course we've got to go on tour in a couple of weeks uh so i've got to try and cram it all in then yeah that's why i'm stressed um so yeah i really need this week's episode i need the i need to listen to sue hart i need to uh i need to be encompassed within her wonderful aura um I this this was recorded in Warminster after a pretty long weekend of gigs and stuff like that and it was a lovely day and I I sort of drove past I was in Exeter I think or somewhere near there just before and I drove I basically said I'm driving past like should we stop in for a chat for the podcast and she went yeah let's do it and uh she's an amazing person she, I met her at the um the music box in Salisbury which was a wonderful venue that was run by a lovely man called Paul who Actually, now uh, he's in Gypsy Jukebox, if you want to check out that band. And it's an, it was an amazing place, an amazing community, very much like the Winchester Gate is now in Salisbury. Um, it's sort of just got this lovely vibe of family. And I met Sue there for the first time when I first started this project a long time ago. And uh, she was just this ball of energy and she sang some songs and she's she's beautiful and uh, just this wonderful person to be around. She's, she's really, really positive and energetic and and uh, yeah she's she sort of had everyone just uh, i think she was comparing as well at the same time and she she was just in charge she was amazing and uh and i thought you know she's a great person then for two years she disappeared from everyone's life and then she came back as as a reverend as a as an ordained archbishop or something i don't know um cardinal I don't, i'm not religious you see so i don't believe in god i do believe i do believe you have legacy i think if you uh if you act like a dick, people will remember that you are a dick. So that's the only thing that should really guide your uh, your actions, if you ask me. No matter no matter what's said, there's still a gravestone telling tales on you. So so I, I you know I I'm, I don't I don't go for God, but I do I do believe in in being good, and I do believe in vocation, which is what this episode is all about. Because Sue felt a calling towards it, and I feel a calling towards doing what I do and and it's really nice to to share that with someone who's so peaceful and nice we have a really interesting conversation about music she's a fantastic singer 
and songwriter, although not very prolific at the moment. Um, and she's just really, really nice. I really hope you enjoy it. I'm going to listen for the next hour or so to me chatting to Sue Hart, and I'll just take everything I need from it, which is uh, the peace and serenity of the wonderful Reverend Sue Hart. <laughs> Um, okay, so I was thinking about how many times we've met, and it was definitely I've I've, I've seen you play. I think on a couple Sorry of occasions. About that. No, 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 it's really good. <laughs> and then in my life, you disappeared for ages, mm-hmm. and then came back with a dog collar on. Mm. I don't think you were the Reverend Sue Hart. No, I wasn't. You weren't. You no. were. You were literally just a barfly no, drinker. I was, I was the confused Sue Hart. Okay. Mind you, I'm still the confused. What sort Sue of confusion Hart. were you looking at? Um, just what I was supposed to do with my life, really. I think. Okay. So um, I I had this sense of vocation for years and years and years, mm. uh, but I really didn't want to be a priest. I didn't right. want to be ordained. You were fighting I didn't, it. Didn't want to go into that at all. Okay. It just seemed like a really terrible idea. What were What were the other options you would explore before that? Um, well, mostly what I wanted to do, which is kind of laughable, is I wanted to be a musician. Really. Okay. And I always wanted Stop, to be a musician. Don't be an idiot. From, you know, <laughs> from when I was tiny, that's what I always okay. wanted to do. And, yeah. and when I first left school, that's what I was trying to do. And and then I, you know, various things happened yeah. and I ended up in a career in public relations in London. Okay. Which is a bit, you Which know, is exactly the place you wanted to be, let's face it. Yeah. Well, was that frustrating or was that exciting or was that... I don't know, really. I mean, it was it was enormous amounts of fun um, because it was end of the eighties, uh, early nineties. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of uh, corporate entertainment. Okay. Uh, a lot of entertaining clients and just lunches yeah. and dinners and big shrimps. Yeah, big, big shrimps. Yeah, huge gyms <laughs> and and you know. Um, Magnums of champagne in, yeah. in the Savoy. Oh wow! Okay, it's like uh, it's like a American Psycho or something. It no. completely, it completely <laughs> yeah. was. Okay. It All was, right, it was like that, and it was great, and it was great fun, and it was very fast and very intense, and uh, I I think, and I was young, so mm-hmm. you get caught up in things yeah, very yeah. easily. Totally. And I didn't have a lot of time to think about whether that's what I really should be doing. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, so, and then in the back of your head, was there still a, I want to be a guitarist and you know, a singer? Or, or well, that? when I was twenty, I met this guy, and uh, he loved big shrimps. He, he well, <laughs> yeah. Well, he he didn't like my music. Oh, so he would do things like if I was playing piano, he would close all the doors between him and me so he didn't have to hear it so wow. and I, I don't have like many women I think I don't have a lot of self-belief and I don't have a lot of self-confidence okay. so very easy to to knock that and yeah. I think the fact that he was not supportive and didn't like what I did did he like music in general yeah yeah oh that's annoying yeah <laughs> okay um, yeah no he had he had some interesting taste in music actually okay um I I Grew to love stiff little fingers because of him okay, and all right, yeah. you know, the Clash yeah. and yeah. Wow, well, all right. Yeah, and then but he, then he didn't like literally what I someone did. he cared about. 
Yeah, I think you just music. didn't like it. I mean, I'm quite folky, aren't I? So I think it's oh, just yeah, but his, I mean, I, I'm not the thing. biggest fan of folk, but that's not. To, that's not. Doesn't mean you shut all the doors in between. So that's. Yeah, I don't know what's yeah, going on. Okay. But so I didn't do that for ages. Okay. Um, and then uh, towards the end of my my twenties, I I sort of rediscovered it. Ten really. years. It was a long time. Wow. I mean, I would still play of course, for yeah, myself occasionally, yeah. but you know when but he wasn't if around. If other people heard it, or you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's oh, that annoys me so much. <laughs> that just annoys me so much. The amount of people who probably haven't gone onto a stage, because not not because of someone saying I really like it or whatever and putting that pressure on, but by saying I don't like you playing music. It's not even I don't like the music. I suppose is where I I that comes from because. Yeah, and I think it's about thinking that you're just not good really okay. so when i when when i first met you mm. at the music box yeah. when i first went and did that that was probably the most terrifying experience of my whole life really and you know every time i went i'd have to just force myself to go wow you were just you, you were such a an i remember such an energy in the room and it might have been nervous energy but i i remember you being someone that everyone else would listen to but once I did it, yeah. you know, once I was there, once I was singing, because when I sing, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, that's, that's heaven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think it is the expression of the soul. I really okay. do. Okay. So, um, yeah, once I was doing it, I was all right. But then afterwards, I'd get that kind of self-loathing of, oh, oh God, really? shit, you know, what I have, am I doing? I have so no I'm, idea. And I would literally think... I am a really horrible person to inflict this on other people. You know, why would, why would, why would I do this to these lovely people? I find, I find this so amazing that you put out something, something so beautiful and then you feel like you've I've abused impl- everyone. Yeah, exactly. I've abused everyone. Wow. But the, the, I have to say, I think that the music box was a really special place. Absolutely, yeah. And I hated missing... Missing I, it, you know. If I, I wasn't, I remember there. you saying at one point uh, you had to miss it, or something was happening. I can't remember, but you, you were. Um, it was quite a, a, a statement of, "This is my Wednesday or Thursday exactly. night." You know, this is this is my thing. And the fear that yeah. that something really extraordinary would happen and you wouldn't be there. Yeah, you know, yeah. it felt like that. It felt like a kind of underground thing where oh, totally. so totally bizarre people would turn up and do the most amazing crazy bonkers Absolutely. acts yeah and those were the ones that i loved the yeah, best yeah yeah totally and I, I i used to love the fact that i do i'm not from salisbury so i didn't know the scene at all yeah but everything seemed to be done with love yeah even if someone just got up with you know two half learnt chords and a third chord I that they're know. still attempting i know everyone still listened and just went yeah exactly. go do this exactly. it was such a supportive place yeah and um, that felt like it was creating um some new original stuff mm. as well and that's what i'm interested in yeah yeah um and you know it's the thing that's so difficult i think about the music scene now is that it's all pubs and covers bands and it yeah. bores me witless okay you know. Okay, and and uh, so I'm I'm obviously a new, well an outsider to that whole scene. I'm I'm now integrated in it. I uh, you know there are people in Salisbury that I, I consider friends, you know, and, yeah. and and all that. But when we first met, I suppose it, I was still going. Uh, I don't know what Salisbury's like. You know, is it going <laughs> to be an angry army town or is it gonna, what's it going to be? Um, and I, I wasn't. I, I never get nervous anymore because there's confidence in what I do yeah, but, yeah. but yeah. the but I there's still that thing of I don't know how this audience is going to react yeah, and sure. then the reaction was 
fantastic. Yeah. And I go, oh, wow, that's yeah. so good. And it feels, uh, the musical box especially, I mean, Paul ran an amazing I know. home for everyone. Know. Everyone was welcome and it was just... A, and that, a, and it did come from him. It came yeah. from him and his, his whole vibe and his Absolutely. whole welcoming nature. Yeah, and yeah. How, and how lovely he was. Yeah. I mean, I never saw him... I just never saw him angry or pissed off. I'm sure he must get angry yeah, or pissed I, off. I, but he I, just I, always seemed so happy. And, he, you know. he did leave it to go and put up fences for festivals and tents and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, but I completely get that, I think, because yeah. it was such a dark little place as well. Yeah. And it had a low ceiling. You know, I can imagine if you spent 10, 15 years in there or mm. wherever he did, you know, he did his time in a mm. solitary, essentially. And... And then just went, I just need the sky. I need the yeah. fields and a horizon and a, a, a motorbike or something. I don't yeah. know, that thing of just wanting to go and, and be in that nature. So yeah. I completely get why you... Why you and it's a tough industry, on. isn't it? I mean, oh, it's, yeah. It's tough to make money totally, in hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and 3, 4 a.m. every night is yeah. really, really hard. Exactly. Um, okay, so, so then we met and your life changed forever. <laughs> Completely because I met you. Yeah, that's exactly that's, what I, happened. I knew that. Okay, right. I met, I met yeah. you. I thought, you um, know, I'm doing it all wrong. Okay, and you're still <laughs> at this point. You're still getting on stage and thinking, I want to be. Uh, I want to do. Was it a Christian uh, vocation that was calling you, or was it just a vocation to do the good work of something? Yeah, I was. A, it was a God vocation. Okay, definitely a sort okay. of divine thing. Um, and, and yes, I suppose flavour-wise, Christian. Okay. But I'm, I'm often very uncomfortable with that word. Okay. Um, you know, you've got the wrong job. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. No, okay. It's tricky, isn't it? Um, yeah. No. Okay. So, so the but the vocation came from a, a, a higher power, whatever it needed to be in terms of, uh, without name as such. It was, yeah. Uh, it, it was the force. The force. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. um, I, I actually, I think of it as the source. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so you're getting on stage though, going. I still want to be a musician, but Kumbaya is calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Are you worried about that? The stereotype of once you started to go into the whole. Uh, theological study thing did, did you worry that oh, you were going to no, be the it's it's a whole can of worms out and and actually <laughs> i i didn't really know what i was getting myself into, if i'm if i'm honest okay. because um all the stuff that i had done uh with church once i sort of because i i ran away from it when i, I when I was 17 I guess I grew okay. up in a really almost like a culty kind of oh, okay. very conservative evangelical Christian controlling thing. very controlling did not encourage questioning or close the doors like between you and the piano yeah so um, you know when I was a teenager I discovered sex and drugs and rock and roll and that didn't really fit with okay. you know the church yeah. that I grew up in yeah. so we parted company and I just thought well I'll go and, I'll go and do my thing so strange isn't it yeah so strange that the it's almost like um, because I I do believe that there's there is a good part to a religion which is to help people, uh, but there's also a, there's a recruitment phase which is you know that's why you have a Sunday school and that's why you have the, the young people mm. come in, and then you don't the worst thing that can happen to those young people is to become a teenager and just going oh but I've got the, all this rebellion and all this yeah. adventure to and have it's and, great. And, they yeah. sh- and they should do I mean I, I kind of hate religion really I think religion is 
is not a very useful thing and I think it's um, it's sort of idolatrous really mm-hmm. because what people do is they they take the idea of love mm. they take the idea of loving your neighbor as yourself mm. and then they they wrap it up um, in all sorts of uh, ways to be and rituals and some of those rituals can be really helpful Mm -hmm. but when they become like a rule yeah or barrier yeah then then actually i think the soul of it the heart of it just disappears yeah 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 it almost becomes from love and loving your neighbor to hate and condemning your neighbor and it's and it's and it's it's, yeah it's it's very it's a very strange thing and um uh, when I went to the reason I disappeared is because I went to theological college for two okay. years in in Oxford. All right. And uh, one of the first things that happened to me when I went there is I became um, a, an absolutely rabid feminist. Okay. Because I found that patriarchy was absolutely, basically yeah. kind of mortared into the walls. This is why I'd rather talk to you than someone with a penis. <laughs> 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 That's pretty much it. Um, uh, yeah, so that was another. So you almost took a fight to school, and said, "Hey, let's. We are valid. We are. You know, is that what you're?" I d- it's it's just weird because everything that I'd done previously, and my my whole career in PR in in London and Bristol, hmm. I hadn't. It's not that I wasn't a feminist, but I'd never come across anything that I needed to fight against okay. particularly because yeah. it was just. It, it just seemed very equal mm-hmm. the stuff that I was involved with okay. maybe I wasn't uh, maybe I just didn't have my eyes open possibly or maybe I was just very very drunk which um, <laughs> massive shrimps did happen yeah. quite a lot great big so belly maybe yeah, I, yeah okay too drunk to notice but within the church yeah of course you know the church is something I, I love and I hate and there are wonderful things about it mm. and really life-giving things about it I think it's very easy to forget that the majority of the charities that kind of exploded uh, in Victoriana were actually birthed from the church yeah. you know so yeah. it's it's done some amazing things and continues <coughs> to do some amazing things but it's got this very dark side as well yes. which is to do with um, abuse of power and mm. controlling yes. and you know we are we are realising more and more with with things like um, the abuse cases mm-hmm. that have, have come yeah. up. We're realising more and more that the church can be responsible for some, for some very dark things. Absolutely. Um, and I think the more we the more we challenge that, and the more we challenge the basic tenet of patriarchy. Yes. The, the less those things will, will occur. Absolutely, Because yeah. I think it is about, it's that power imbalance. And I, I do believe now we live in the social media sort of age as well. I think it's so hard. You know, those, you think about a lot of these cases from the 70s and yeah. beyond. Yeah. There, there was no citizen reporting. There was no way no. to really just broadcast someone from this particular thing has done this to me or to someone I love. Yeah, yeah. And there was no way to just say that and and... Um, and there was massive clericalism as well. Oh, yeah. It was just, yeah. you know, that kind of clergy deference, <coughs> which I think oh, yeah. I just loathe that. Oh, and yeah. there is absolutely no reason. So you don't take the free cakes then? <laughs> <laughs> 
not to, try but not you to know, some of them are so good. Um, girl. So, I mean, you know, so uh, but my I'm not immune to temptation, <laughs> especially if it's a lemon drizzle. Oh, God, God. I, was, I was I was going Belgian Belgian bun. I was just right there, like like mm. Mm. Yeah, anyway. Um, okay, so so you're 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 essentially reforming from the inside. An institution you hate and love at the same time. You're such a paradox of wonderfulness that I think that's that's really really good. It's really exhausting. I bet it is. (laughs) I bet it is. And I don't know what to do to support to support you. Is there something the general public can do towards the church, possibly tolerance and and uh, forgiveness? I I guess that that's just um, for all of us, isn't it? Mm. I mean, that's what we all need to do. We all need to tolerate each other and forgive each other and listen to each other yeah. I mean that's I think that's one of our biggest problems that we are just not listening to each other yeah. and I think there is so much anger and some of that actually is really useful and really generative absolutely yeah um like a, a forest fire yeah yeah and and also it's it it, it it alerts you when something's going wrong yes so i've become really interested in in anger and particularly women's anger okay because i think that that anger has been suppressed for centuries really yeah of course yeah. um so as a woman you're expected to be nurturing and yeah. loving and lovely and pretty yeah. and all those but things not smart and no <laughs> and when you and when you get angry as a woman um it, it's oh, if you're not angry as a woman, you're hysterical. You it, know that. Yeah, Sorry, I just right, need to explain exactly. that to you Neuros- as a man. I Neurotic. Know, I know more about a woman yeah. than you do. So and <laughs> and there, are words, there are words like harridan, mm. you know. Yeah. And I don't think you have the equivalent for men, because when men get angry, they're authoritative and Absolutely. they're strong and Alphas. they're leaders yeah. and alpha males yeah. and the rest of it. Uh, a friend of mine always says, uh, the word bossy is never used for men. It's no. always used for women. no. And you go, well, hang on, what does bossy mean? You know, is there someone who tells you what to do? And it's like, hang on, that's a leader in, that's really interesting. in a male yeah. world. But yeah. yeah, but when it's a woman, it's bossy. She's bossy. Yeah. And I, I always find that really, that's a telling uh, word. That's a, my, my little flag word when you hear a man especially talking. Yeah, um, it's that whole hysterical thing. And, yeah. you know, um, oh, look, you're crying. Oh, yeah. isn't that pathetic? Demeaning, you know. Sort of. And it's the calm down, dear. The David Cameron calm yeah, down, dear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just. And so women, I think, squash that yeah. because they want to be uh, acceptable and loved and praised and all the rest of it. But there's research that's coming out now that shows a very clear connection between suppressed anger mm. and disease. Okay. So. Um, a lot of the kind of diseases that have been thought of as women's problems, okay. um, and and mental health, all of those things, mm-hmm. have a strong connection to you not being able to express these things that are actually driving you completely nuts. Okay, and I'm really interested in forums where women can express that anger in a in a in a good, positive, healthy way and be yeah. heard yeah. and not be told that. You know, they're just kind of over emotional. I can't stand that. I think, you know, what is over emotion? Yeah, you have enough emotion. You're when, having it right now, yeah. Say to me, oh, you're oversensitive. I mean, well, <laughs> I'm just as sensitive just, as I am. That's how yeah. I am. I know. You know? I, I, uh, that's one thing you can almost blame the Victorians for is the, the sort of the 
the acceptance of just emotion, mm. you know, as, as and realizing that emotion isn't a solid and and um, a permanent state. You know, yeah. you can be angry for a morning and then be happy in the afternoon. It's exactly. it's it's the way it goes. It depends on lunch mainly. Um, <laughs> <is that better>? <laughs> <laughs> I assume so. Um, uh, uh, but the. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It is one of those things. So, I also believe that women are fundamentally much better leaders in so many ways because of a lack of aggression. There's much more of a, a sensitivity um, and a, 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 a connection to uh, either in ep- empathy or to uh, a wider world, etc. So, so when it comes to a war. It's not just thinking about whether you're going to kill the enemy or not. It's yeah. about there's a, there's another thing to it, and I think men are very hard at, or have been conditioned in a different way, yeah. to see it as a right wrong, live or die situation. Whereas, I think there's a much more um, complex view of the world that comes through the eyes of sensitive people. I'm not going to say women or men, actually, just sensitive people. And and, and the problem is, I think that that has been taken away from mm. men as well. So yes. the other thing that I'm really passionate about is that um, I think I think men hear it wrong when they mm. hear it as a, um, a criticism of men. Yes. Because yeah. patriarchy is about power and yeah. it is about conditioning. Mm. And men have been the losers from that just as much as women have. Absolutely, yeah. And if you read Grace and Perry's book, oh, yeah, The I've Descent that, of yeah. Man. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, that does show how much men have suffered yeah. from these stereotypes that are that are placed onto them as much as they're placed onto Absolutely. women. And we are both the losers for it. You know, and <laughs> it's and it's just so sad. We just need to open up our spirits. Yeah. Souls or whatever. Yeah. I just think it's a, a certain it's a certain amount of bravery required to be vulnerable. Huge. And to be open to huge. your sensitivities, but um, yeah, but it's it's the key to everything. Absolutely, I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. Okay, All I'm right. just really into that whole thing about vulnerability, and it's something that I'm struggling to work out how I do that as okay. as a minister, as somebody who has pastoral care of people. Yes. So there are there's this there's this kind of paradox where people expect you to be kind of in control and mm. um to be together have all and, the answers yeah and to yeah. be the one who's there for them but at the same time i have experienced some of the most transformative things for other people when i've been able to be more vulnerable myself and when i've been able to say actually I feel pretty shit about this. This okay. this doesn't help me. And then I found other people go, "Oh, really? You know, okay. I struggle with that as well." Oh, wow. okay. And it's that it's that permission giving I think that's so important yes, between yeah, yeah. people. It's okay to be you. Absolutely. It's all right. I think you know? I treat everyone. This is where it's, I love doing this is is the fact that I get to listen to this and go, "But what about me?" Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, I really do treat everyone as if they might be having the worst day in the world, but in mm. society's put this smiley face mm. on them. And I, I'm not trying to assume that everyone's going through a bad day, but I'm prepared for the f- for the fact that they might be. Yeah, yeah. And so or when a bad I, life. Oh, a bad life, yeah. a bad situation, whatever, yeah. bad bank balance. But it, either way, it's it's whatever that is. Is there a bad bank balance? No. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, 
when it comes to how I treat people, even when it's a heckler or something like that who's trying mm. to undermine me or something like that, I will always try and see the possibility of pain mm. within them, just to just to give them that chance to either mm. access it or at least for me to not offend it in, mm. in that regard. And, and that comes across so strongly in the stuff that you post. Okay. And that's why I, I messaged you a yeah, while that's, ago. Yeah, that's, yeah. And just sort of said, you know, thank you for this, <laughs> because it's so good to see, um, you know, you are very clear about what you stand for, yeah. and you're very clear about your politics. Yeah. But when somebody challenges you you don't turn on them no you actually try and engage them and sort of go okay well let's have a conversation try to yeah and And i do that's just that that's the right way to do it it's the only way to do it it's the only way that's ever going to fix or heal anything absolutely i don't i don't think we're in a position at the moment where things will be fixed or healed very quickly Mm -mm. and and i I was i was actually going to ask you about whether there's (laughs) is there a memo flying around the church at the moment sort of to say it just goes ah is that all it does? So to treat everyone as if they're valid. <laughs> all opinions are valid. Um, I, I don't think the church has got, um, you know, any more sort of practical answers of in a way not. or political answers yeah. than, than anyone else has. Um, and, of course, the church is not just some kind of homogenous blob. No. You know, it, it, and there is no such thing as the church, actually. Yes, There's yeah. lots and lots and lots of individuals who all have their different views. Franchised. And interestingly, I think um, I think this is a fact. The majority of clergy mm-hmm. um, voted Remain. Okay. Whereas a large proportion of congregations wow. okay. voted to leave. Okay. Um, That's really interesting, isn't it? And, and you're much more likely to be left-wing as clergy yes. than yeah. you are as congregation. So that that's a really interesting dissonance for me. So I'm... Okay. You know, I'm kind of pastoral leader of a group of people who have very different politics to me on the whole um, and who are not feminist and who, you know, uh, are casually racist and Uh all that sort of stuff because that's what they grew up with. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you have to go in with a sense of understanding. You do. I think you have to be compassionate towards mm. people and going in and just berating people because well, yeah, that's never going to work anyways no. it's, it's not going to change anything no, it so stop me doing it occasionally um, though. Uh, and, and <laughs> <laughs> of course and it's frustrating Sometimes and you do I have do to do take it. that out yeah but that's what the base is for for me so i yeah. i try and understand and then when i'm frustrated i'll put it into the song yeah and uh, you know and, and I, I i do find some of the characters involved in this particular situation to be some of the most uh, easily uh, grotesque mm. characters or character caricatures, yeah. 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 That is uh, for me. It's it's actually I almost enjoy it. There's a, there's a little part of me that's going. It is utterly bonkers, yeah. isn't it? It is. I yeah. mean, completely. You just never would have imagined that uh, we would be in this completely mad scenario i don't know nationalism's just always been there bubbling though that's the that's the thing and i i i I don't i've never really come in contact with it until all of this happened really because it was sort of it was such a a, a, a little england sort of thing you know sort of like you know i i put a flag in the 
cake at Christmas or whatever. I don't know. But you know, but but I don't know what they do. Um, but, but you know, but, but just like this you whole. You might have just started a whole new trend. I know. There, you know? I know. I know the chocolate log. Um, but the but the whole um, sort of it it didn't really pop through other than just like a little bit of you know sort of. Um, come November the 11th there'd be possibly a, you know a few more people saying lest we forget or whatever and, and yeah yeah but even then that's that was sort of co-opted by nationalism it was always about young people who went to die in a war that was stupid it was never about forgetting that it was nationalism that started yeah. those sorts of wars so yeah. um yeah. and 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 so yeah and then it suddenly it's just popped up and I and I I we spent three years basically sort of trying to appease it a little bit i don't i don't know it's it feels the the word democracy is almost being abused at the moment yeah, so to so. sort of to sort of say but it's a democratic vote it's going, well yeah it is but it's, it did just show that we'd split rather than mm. we are um, i do think there's a kind of inevitability about it i think mm. there was there's been such a strong a strong sense of something needing to break Mm-hmm. And I think that we are going to go through maybe a decade of pain. Okay. Um, and the challenge there for me, I mean, it's something that happened to me in the last few months. I just had this real, almost like a revelation of just thought, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Yeah. We are going to have Boris Johnson as our prime minister, yeah. and people like Nigel Farage is going to be. You know, you're absolutely entrenched in things, and yeah. and this is the way it's going to go. What's yeah. my response to that? I mean, um, I can despair or I can hope, and I choose yeah. I choose to hope and yeah. I choose to try and do what I can on the ground yeah. and that at that kind of grassroots level, and then object in whatever way I can. Um, I haven't actually been on a march yet, which uh, well, I well, let's do I one feel. now. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I feel sort of like um, you know that's that I feel a bit ashamed of that. You know, I feel like I, okay. I should have been out there. I've, I've wanted to, and for okay. various reasons, every time I've thought, right, I'm going to go on that one, it's it's kind of clashed with something else. So the, the, but, you know, I need to do that. I need to go out and and you know object. I, so that that comes down to listening, I suppose. Um, when it comes to the marches, I always feel like you can march as much as you like. The people who need to listen. That's how I feel. Yeah. That's, and and um, so I don't tend to sort of think that the march is the be all and end all no. of my protest. And no. I think we're going to get to a point where there might be some sort of general strike, yeah. perhaps. Um, I don't know how that works within the church. I don't know if, if that can even exist in, in so many ways. It's like, what, Sunday we're closed, or, you know, that, that, it's a, could you possibly strike? Um, <laughs> You've got pastoral care, though. That's, that's really interesting. I've never even thought about that. Mm. Uh, or what could you withhold? I suppose is, is that's how that's how you demonstrate these days is by, yeah, I by mean, stopping. I, th- I think that the power we have um, is much more as consumers, really, than mm-hmm. than as spiritual people. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much anyone cares what what you're doing spiritually, yeah. but but. <laughs> Big companies and governments care yeah. how you spend your money. Absolutely, yeah. Um, okay. And that is something within our power. Okay. So, uh, and okay, it may be only little bits and pieces, but things like not supporting 
companies that actually don't really contribute as much tax as they yeah, could be doing. Yeah, that's you know. part of it. That's a good idea. Um, I always think it's um, uh, the the people that could hurt the most in terms of the the message. Uh, the people that will never do it, and that's the NHS. You know, they they do have strikes, obviously, but there's never yeah. a, a general walkout of no. Even the cleaners at the NHS could be, yeah. you know, probably one of the the biggest sort of sides of that that part. But it's a really hard thing to organise. Because yeah, then say. you're then you're talking about life and death. Absolutely, yeah. So. Um, and and uh, I find that you know, disturbing, but. The fact that it's even become a possibility at the moment is is a whole new thing. I know when you look back at things that have worked, um, unfortunately there have been things that are quite violent, I suppose. So mm. I'm thinking of you know the poll tax riots. Yeah, yeah. I mean that did actually work. Yeah. It, it got government to change policy. A friend of mine ripped off a, a policeman's epaulet because he was scared he knocked him out. That's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, punched someone didn't realize it was a policeman uh he fell on the floor unconscious and went oh god i've killed a copper oh no like that ripped off his epaulet just in case <laughs> <laughs> just in case on the news then he published his number or whatever it's like okay i'll go see sorry if it's true oh, like wow. but it wasn't it was, fine. Oh, it was all right yeah, it was, it was oh. good yeah was so you you told me how you were going to get how you actually you told me you were going to tell me yes. how you actually got into Oh, oh I got into doing this. Yes. So okay. the whole forty. Thing. I need to frame this in your your story though. That's the problem. So, oh. okay. So, I like the fact that you wrote to me and said I love love what you do, because that means I'm doing something right in my head. That's that's that was it was quite a big compliment. To sort <laughs> of, I can't remember exactly what you said. Like you should publish all everything. Oh you yeah, yeah, write yeah. Or exactly. That's not yeah. that's not going to happen. Um, a book. Um, and. Uh, uh, but part of what I do is is I want to connect with people with, firstly my point of view, but secondly a point of logic as well. That was that's where it comes to. I try and boil every situation down, and if it goes no, big red light, don't do that. I.e. fascism. Yeah. I go okay. I'll fight that. That's yeah. that's yeah. how it works. And okay. and uh, and I need to be creative. I need to put out stuff. I need to be on stages and to meet people and. Yeah, I, I I just I recognised that in myself. There was a point when I wasn't doing it. I was just getting fatter and angrier, <laughs> and, and 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 I and so I I actually structured. Maybe that's my problem. Well, <laughs> you're neither fat nor angry. Well, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't say if you were anyway. Mm. Um, uh, <laughs> that's not my place. Um, uh, and. So I, I literally said, right, I've just got to do this. And to know that the sort of stuff I'd need to be doing, I knew I would be making micro sums of money all the way through it because yeah. that's that's just the practicality of it. Yeah. Um, I'd need to be producing a lot of it to keep myself fresh and interested in myself, yeah. you know, in my own work. So I went, okay, I'm just going to do an album every six months for 20 years. And then by the end of it, maybe I'll see something good happen from it or or something um uh, closer towards a cult perhaps that would be quite nice yeah, yeah that would yeah, be really yeah. good some sort of compound perhaps in the middle of Wiltshire with just people obeying me no and that's then, not that's not and then mass suicide <laughs> yeah yeah well no no I don't I don't <laughs> think we'll go that far I think we'll go suicide by cop 
yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't yeah. do it ourselves. We'll, mm. we'll get the establishment to do it for us. Um, <laughs> um, now that's protest. But <laughs> yeah, that will teach him a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stop buying Amazon things. No. Um, uh, so um, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, traveling and talking and listening and meeting people, I find it as a, a really cathartic way of trying to find some sort of, I suppose, is a validity to life. You know, yeah. I've, I have this tremendously lucky position to be alive right now. And have you always had... Um, that acute political awareness that you bring to what I, you do. I've always, I, oh God, what you're, in, you're questioning me now. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've come to your house. I, I deserve some questions. Let's face it. Um, yeah, what are uh, you doing? Why are you here? <laughs> um, uh, yes and no. I think I've, I've, I was brought up on lots of comedy that was political and lots of music that was political and. I just thought that's the way you do things and it's very easy to for me it's very easy to see where the funny part of a, a political situation yeah. everything's absurd essentially so were your parents that's that's come from your parents no not really I was just allowed to watch not the nine o'clock news and Kenny Everett yeah. and and, yeah. and listen to Frank Zappa and watch Bill Hicks videos and stuff like that and 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 I found it very um uh uh it just awoken up in me this mm. idea that it can be very powerful to laugh at things that mm. you're scared of. Mm. That's basically it. And I and I, you realise that laughter is actually um, uh, this is where you can sort of tie it back to you a little bit. Is is I think when when you have a group of people in front of you who possibly are looking for answers in life, laughter is actually the best way to start them off. Yeah. Because it's relaxing. It's yeah. communal. It's it's a sound. It's not a prejudicial sound in any way whatsoever it's just a thing that comes out of people's bodies yeah. when they are amused yeah. and uh, the, uh, no one can get a laugh wrong and it, it's, it's something we can all do and, and I think it's, it's, it's necessary I, I do honestly believe we're in a situation where we've lost our sense of humour a little bit mm. and well, once we've gone to there then it's really hard to come yeah. back from there because people don't like to laugh at themselves once they've been serious, there's a pride yeah. issue, and I. So that's that's sort of what it comes down to for me. Is I w I want to make people laugh. Last night I was doing a gig on a croquet lawn um, in a old stately home that's now a, uh, an educational geography school yeah. in the middle of Exmoor, and uh, there was just people in the front row, absolutely bent double for the whole hour and a half or whatever. And some of them came up to me this morning after the thing, just saying, I'm, I still hurt. My cheeks still hurt. That's amazing. I left those people this That's morning with, with hurty cheeks. Hurty cheeks. Yeah, which is, you know, can be taken either way. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that, was, that was part of it for me. It was, it was like, okay, that's great. And, and I... I uh, so it's a great little, it's a great little combination, isn't it? It's the, the music and that kind of political awareness, and then this this sense of humour, mm. and it all comes together in this, but also this beautiful a, it, package that drives you to go and just. Uh, I've, I, I I know I'm completely uh, massively lucky. It's, it is vocational. Yeah, it is, it is one of those things where I know I have to do it, um, and I will suffer for it quite happily. 
yeah. and take my uh, take my uh, uh, punches and, and all that and just go, ah, oh, this is rubbish sometimes. There's some points when you're just sat on a motorway in traffic on the way to a gig that's you're not sure about and go, why? Why? And then yeah, yeah. you know why. It's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, so go back to you. Shut up, Sue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm much happier talking about other people. I know you are. I know you are. That's, that's, <laughs> I realise what you're doing. Um, deflect, so, deflect. <laughs> so, uh, uh, God school. When you God go to school, when you yeah. go to God school, yeah. um, what are the parties like? Um, I, I mean, mean, is it residential? First, it is, is residential. Okay. I'm going to tell you that I have never in my life seen drinking well okay like happened at god's school okay yeah <laughs> all right which probably tells you quite a lot really. yeah 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 absolutely yeah, quite a I, lot I can imagine it's a little bit like being a paramedic sometimes you must see or, or at least feel people's trauma yeah and and actually there is something um very raw about going and doing something like that and it's a little bit like old people going back to university so mm. you get a bit of strange behavior in that yeah you have people who are older behaving like their yeah teens at, yeah. at uni bet, which, yeah. which is a bit odd um but when you live in community it just you know stuff happens mm. it and it brings stuff out of yeah. you and you find yourself um maybe facing again some of the demons that you've dealt with earlier in life yeah. but you're you're looking at them again you know from a different place of course yeah that's but, that's and, what time gives like everyone yeah, exactly yeah. but it does tend to bring stuff like that up okay it's like a hot house yeah of, of emotion uh, it's called formation okay in the church of england and other churches it's formation yeah reformation we is a used to refer to it as the f word okay we came to hate that word okay with the passion and intensity so it's a bit like um a friend of mine did counseling training yeah and you have to do that thing where you break yeah. yourself exactly. first yeah before yeah. you could even listen to yeah. someone it's else a lot of that kind of language um, yeah and and I, I found that fascinating how we i went through the sort of the journey with him whilst yeah. he was doing it and and just, you know, you sort of come back every week just going, wow, I had no idea I was so messed up. <laughs> you know, and just, like, and just, you know, and just, and, and, and dealing with it and, and finding it and, 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 and embracing it, not trying to get rid of it, just let it be part of you, let that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's a lot about uh, what therapy and counselling and spiritual direction, mm. whatever you want to call it, um, I mean, they're all, dis- all different disciplines, but mm. they're all trying to do the same thing, which is about um, bringing to light those things which are hidden and the buried darkness. beneath, yeah. beneath um, that can cause very difficult things and yeah. can cause very difficult behaviours if you, you haven't taken it out and had a good look at it and become, yeah. you know, friendly with it yeah. to a certain extent. So, oh, there you go, that you're there again, are you? Yeah. So, um, like naming your tumor. Yeah, when name, do, yeah, your, name yeah. your tumor. So yeah. I did um, a, a few years back. I did a, a year of intensive psychotherapy where I saw, I saw a psychotherapist every week. Okay. That was really, really, really hard, but really amazing. Mm. And I'm so so grateful I did it. I mean, okay. it just changed my life. But um, was uh, that part of your formation, or just out of sight of all that? It, I guess it was because it came about because I was working with. Um, 
mostly young mums actually okay. and listening to a lot of uh, young mums who were having kind of identity crises okay. so I found that listening to them kind of churned up some stuff in myself okay. that I then decided I needed a supervisor and then once I had a supervisor all that starts bringing stuff up and okay. then I realised I needed a year in psychotherapy to deal with all the shit that I hadn't dealt with thanks young mums yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's all your fault <laughs> you and your toddlers um yeah, very dangerous toddlers. Yeah, absolutely. Babies, yeah. Definitely. Can't trust them. I saw some with croquet mallets yesterday. It was oh, no, no. No, yeah. that's bad. I just let them do it. But I, at some point during the therapy, I gave uh, my therapist a copy of my first album. Okay. And the next time I saw her, she said to me, I now know why you're not as fucked up as you should be. Okay. Because you've been doing yeah, a thing. lot of your therapy in yeah. music and yeah. writing writing music and I have I've written songs all my life even you know even when I was tiny my my family teased me about the first song I ever wrote which was about a dead donkey which I think just shows okay. that I have a very dark side to well, me, even, uh, even it, as like a six year old maybe you know. that was foreshadowing your future career it could be yeah it could be <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of, there's some donkeys in that isn't there yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Um, one or two <laughs> one or two yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well okay uh, so you've always had this musical release I suppose mm. and uh, so I don't see music as therapy I, I, I've, I've grown up with it to be a job as such so right. I, I'm it's hard for me to gigs are the therapy okay yeah you know, the actual show is the yeah. therapy I suppose yeah. or the, the at least the catharsis um, but the actual music part I it kind of it becomes an, a, a necessary evil that I have to write the tune to go with the angry words yeah but the angry words are, are, are oh, really yeah. authentic I mean they're very authentic to you aren't they? Can they're, be, not, yeah. they're not they are, they're, there is a, they do I do contrive ideas to make a perfect joke okay that's my that's my um, my one artistic license is I'll take three or four places of contact with something and I'll yeah uh, and I, know, think, I think that's a big difference between us as artists I feel, like, yeah, I feel uncomfortable putting myself in that you world, are one. But, you know, okay. I, I, I ordain you as an artist right now. <laughs> no, there you are. That was easy. That's lovely. Yeah, take um, this baguette. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, right. Take this poverty. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're you're crafting something mm. um, as you know, as, as the great humorists do. They, mm. they craft something. Well, I'll talk Whenever, about you as well as a, as the great songwriter. But when I when I write music, if I try and craft something mm. if I try and write this kind of song okay it's crap yeah yeah and and you can tell it's not it's not real yeah um and uh I <laughs> I used to play and I still do occasionally uh, play with um a guy called Pete he's a bass player okay um I don't know if I know him, but it's a bass player so he's cool and he's been producing my okay second album Ooh. for the last five years okay yeah <laughs> all right think, yeah you're going like Sinead O'Connor sort of <laughs> 17 years <laughs> we, in the wilderness <laughs> he's never in the country because okay. he's always touring okay and uh I went off and to theological college yeah. so it just you know we hit this hiatus and then yeah. every now and again we do a bit more on it but I I, I send him songs and okay and he lets me know what he thinks of them and the only time uh he 
he just didn't reply it was when I sent him a song. I thought I'm going to I'm a huge fan of John Prine he, okay. he may not have come across oh, I, I don't know not very familiar but okay yeah it's kind of it's a name that's passed me by a few times country yeah. folk okay. stuff I mean yeah. he is he is an incredible lyricist and his he writes stories really and they're very beautiful okay. and very profound and very very moving um, and I thought I want to write a song you know in the vein of Okay. John Prine, I want to write something like that. So I wrote the song and I sent it to Pete, and there was just this silence, this humble wind. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what did you think? And he said, Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> that's good, though. That's honesty, though. Yeah, no, at least that's completely. it. Yeah, so um, I, can't, I can't do that. The, okay. only, the only way I can write is by just. Uh, and are you stream of consciousness, sort of? You know, is there a point where. So sometimes I, I have a. Not a lyrical block, but I. I intentionally don't write anything down for ages. I just let it sort of trickle through, and then uh, it just—I sit down with a notebook somewhere, and just it just goes blur, yeah. and it sort of flies out a little bit. Um, not stream of consciousness as such; it still gets edited and worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but a lot of like the 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 heavy lifting is done in one sitting for me. And it just goes out. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it, but that's it, but it's it's had six months of me thinking about it already yeah. so it's not like I haven't been working on it but it's my subconscious doing it instead yeah. um, uh, do you do that or do you go I've got this idea for a song and then how, how do you write what, what's, what's um, I, I just sit down and start singing I just okay. start singing with the guitar and then if something happens then I'll write it down and, and okay. if it doesn't then I'll go in and singing know, is pure joy pure, yeah. okay um, and the only time I haven't done that was like, I wrote a song um, a couple of years ago and we were stuck in a traffic jam uh, driving down to Cornwall okay and that never happens <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and I was just watching the the trees moving and the breeze and I just started writing a poem really okay. I suppose without without music okay and then I set the poem Lovely, to music yeah. but that's about any okay. time I've done that normally it's a simultaneous happening okay alright yeah. that never happens for me no. I don't know it never happens with the instrument in my hand no. I, I think of it for a long time first and yeah. yeah maybe that's why why it feels more like work for me because I, I have the deadline as well I have yeah. To go, yeah. All right, right is it You've coming out yet is it, it coming out yeah. yet sometimes you have to force it and, and all that okay it's, uh, that, that, that's so there's the second album is coming out obviously next week <laughs> where, 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 when's, when's that when, when's that happening <laughs> or is, is, is it um, is it an ambition to get the music further up into your, your life again now that now that you've sort of you've, you're almost settled I suppose I think actually I was talking to Steve about this earlier Steve is my husband yes um, he, he cuts onions and garlic. He cuts onions and garlic. He does many amazing things. <laughs> um, that I think I am, I'm really struggling at the moment. And and as we were talking about earlier, mm. we, I'm going through this season of life where my parents are very, mm. um, are quite poorly and they need a lot of care and stuff. Um, and that's really, it's really difficult. And you, I think that in itself brings up stuff. Yes. You know. Yeah, totally. Um, and because I haven't been playing, really, I think I'm struggling to deal with myself and my emotions. Okay. And I was saying to him earlier, I need, I need to find a way to get back to right. playing, because uh, I think I think that would be 
helpful for me. Would would a, a booking a gig, or is it live, or is it just sitting down and playing? Do you know, I I think one of the things about playing live is it forces you to do it. It's yeah, like absolutely. you were saying because yeah. you've got this right. I'm going to do yeah. 40 albums. It yeah. makes you do it. Absolutely. And because you know I haven't got any gigs or whatever, I, there's okay. no there's no reason to force myself to do it. Okay. So yeah, I think I think probably that okay. is it. But then also there's this kind of block when you haven't been doing it for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like <gasps> it's hard. It's really hard. I've just had a break. Um, yeah. Only a month, which is for me, this is a hopeless expanse of time for me. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. and um, and I uh, I literally got on stage for the first time after that, just going, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> I, and I, and I, I, I didn't know if I I didn't know if I would enjoy it. Yeah, I actually had a fear that I wouldn't want to do music after it after well, the, after the gig. Well. Um and it was a very conscious fear, and yeah. I, I dealt with it, just going shut up, just go through the motions. And we're really messed up people, aren't we? We are. We, really we are. Like, I, but yeah. I, I think it's to do with we have something so special <laughs> that we we and we are the possessors of this um, uh, talent or wh- whatever it is. It, 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 um, I never like to say gift because it always feels like that. that means there was no work involved yeah. in it so um but but we have this thing that we know feels amazing mm. and we know connects with people in such a profound way um that i i genuinely believe that that the fear of losing that is uh, I worse than loved ones dying or something like that imagine if you didn't have music anymore or imagine if mm. you didn't have yeah. poetry or art or whatever you know it, 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 I, I, yeah, it'll be it'll be profound. It's in so really many ways. it is diminishing. It's mm. kind of it diminishes you when you don't when you don't do it. Yeah, and I, I think, think you become less of who you are, who you're supposed to be. Yeah, um, and I I genuinely think that the reason that we are alive is to discover what it is we're here for. Okay, is to discover what it, what is. And is our, that answer different for everyone? Of course. Okay, brilliant. You know, that I'm glad sort of, of that. unique that unique thing that yeah. that I I have to give to the world and to yeah. myself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's not just an altruistic thing. It is about actually. Of course. Yeah. Giving to yourself. So. Well, yeah. I think you have to enjoy. Yeah. Who you are, or or where you're going, or something. Yeah. I, I think that's that's what it is, but. And yeah. it's a really joyful thing, and it's it's something that I've been reflecting on a lot recently. Is this. Uh, idea that actually I have this kind of glory inside me mm. and I've always been afraid all my life to let that out wow. you know, let that glory kind of come out and shine oh. you know and the moments when I do do it yeah. are astonishing oh, yeah. and actually it catches other people up in it as well there's this, oh. this kind of shininess that happens there's a part of me that wonders if at 20 years old you hadn't met that fella there's a little part of me that just goes what, what would have happened you know, if if uh, you know, if you were just encouraged, do, uh, do, do you know what I mean? I, I'm not saying in a regretful way, but there's a, a little part of me that sort yeah, of goes. It's that real sliding doors thing, isn't it? Yeah. I had I had a part, I had um, a place at university to study film and drama for four years. Okay. So you know, kind of, I liked acting as well, and yeah, music yeah, yeah. and all yeah. this. But, and um, you just need an audience, don't you? That's what it is. Yeah. You need a maniac. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. We absolutely we are. are. Completely. Um, okay, so you had all that, yeah. And, and then and I chose a different I chose a different way. Because, yeah. You know, that was that was what 
uh, was happening at the time. Wow. So, yeah, you very, don't know very at sort the of time. sliding doors. Of course, doors, you, don't, of course but, you don't know yeah. at the time, but it's, yeah. it's fascinating in retrospect. I mm. always, always wonder about, you know, what if I said yes to that gig or, you know. I think, I think I just didn't, I didn't have the self-belief and I didn't have the strength to do it. And okay. when I first moved to London, uh, I shared a house with an aspiring actor Mm-hmm. And he was doing stand-up gigs at, okay. at the comedy store right. in um, Trafalgar Square. Was Leicester Square. Was Leicester it? Square. Yeah, Leicester yeah, Square. Yeah. yeah. God, it was such a long time ago. So it's just a square, sorry. Oh yes, it's a square. <laughs> um, but so so scary doing mm. that, and it was you yeah. know the heckling was just off the charts. The, the heckling's fine. Yeah. The heckling's the best bit, really. But they had that kind of you know open yeah. mic bit yeah, before yeah. the before the sort of main show, and he went and did that. Okay. And got ripped to shreds, and he was just—he was just trying to be an actor, and it was just rejection, rejection, yeah. rejection. And I was—I was looking at him, thinking, "I don't think I can handle that. Okay. I don't think I can handle that level of rejection." So you watched him go through it instead. Okay. Yeah. That's the litmus test. Yeah, and I think you know, I think there was a bit of <coughs> self knowledge there. I think. Yeah. I I probably just wasn't strong enough at that point okay. to, to do that. It's hard to be other people. I can't act. I'm not very good at acting. I can get, I can do a character. Yeah. Like on stage, but I can't do a. Um, well, has, your your like, videos are pretty committed. Well, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's literally because I spent the other five hours going nope, nope. Don't like it. Um, I, I particularly <laughs> love your dance routines. Thank you. Thanks very much. Just I, I, I'm just a natural. Um, I should have you, you become a dancer. Do, well, you ought to do like workshops. I will. I will. To learn <laughs> to, to dance a la um, grande. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> just have one cider and start. Um, we did it last night. Uh, uh, Madonna's Like a Prayer. Yeah. I requested it because the bass line is the most amazing bass line okay. ever to, to record. And, yeah. Um, and uh, we all started dancing, and I danced like a like a dad. Now, I'm, I'm, one of those, I'm a dad dancer, and and but also, I mean, I hate to say it now because of the awful person he's become. But like Bill Cosby at the beginning of the Cosby Show, I dance a bit like that. Yeah, you know I that sort you. of yeah. yeah, I know. And um, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I, I do that, and then we're all sort of assigning each other who would be Black Jesus. Um, from the video of the, the Like a Prayer video. Oh, okay, yeah. You remember there was all that controversy about yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Madonna going, what? Jesus is black in this video. And everyone's like, yeah, that's great. But yeah, I was dancing around to that and I realised it was just one sider. That's all I needed. But I was in the southwest, so one sider there yeah. is the equivalent to six or seven freighters of wine yeah. um, in my body. 40% pre. Yeah, yeah. Was, it was pre pretty strong stuff um <laughs> it was it was amazing um i we're, we're coming up to the hour and i feel like i've learned loads but also found out nothing <laughs> and i love that ha, um, plan has worked okay i'm gonna think of one amazing final last question okay um oh, uh in the uh in the church and in the, in your congregation as such and in your flock is do you ever use the flock analogy i have not so okay, far okay, i wouldn't okay. necessarily rule it out but it's not something that kind that sort of, of speaks okay. to me hugely i have um, to say uh, has there been has there been one person that's absolutely surprised you in terms of um your prejudices or something like that has there been one person who's just gone hey i'm doing this <laughs> <laughs> um 
I suppose that there has, but I think it's not so much to do with what they've done as I think when we're surprised it's because we allow ourselves to be open to be surprised okay. so um, there are some people who I think I wouldn't naturally be great pals with Yeah. but um, I think however much somebody is different to you or has different politics to you there's always something that you can learn mm. from them, always. So I think, you know, there have been people who, when I first met them, I wouldn't necessarily take to them. Yeah. But in just spending that time doing what we're doing, listening, you know, just listening, talking. listening. Yeah. And, and, and I do have this enormous privilege in what I do that people let you into their lives in this really intimate way. And it is an, it's a huge privilege, and particularly when someone's died. Mm. You know, and when you go into people's homes, people you've never met before in your life, yeah. and they tell you about Bert, and Bert's train sat up in the attic, yeah. and the things that he loved, and, and his foibles, and, and you know his penchant for fast cars, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And they think, oh, you know, we've never done, done anything special, our lives are just ordinary, but... In the telling of the story, yeah. it becomes something epic and special and, and beautiful. So I think in the surprising is, are you prepared to be surprised by people? Yes. Because if you're not, you'll never be surprised. Yeah. But if you are, you'll constantly be surprised. Open yourself up and it will yeah. be amazing. Yeah, and, and, and you'll surprise yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. That was really lovely. Thanks for that. Welcome. <sighs> that was me chatting to Sue Hart. Isn't she wonderful? Isn't she amazing? Just got I've just got loads of time and respect for her. She's really really cool. Um if you enjoyed that, she is uh, she's actually working on an album at the moment. She's sent over a song to be included at the end of this which is called Crossroads. It's from the next album. I hope uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, I've been enjoying it uh, just in the last few minutes whilst uh, before I recorded this bit. Yeah, so um, so this, that was this week's episode. Next week we're back with the uh, the lovely Dave Allen who plays drums on several things that I've done and is the most amazing, wonderful person. I actually watched him last night on an episode of Don't Tell the Bride because uh, he was eating cake right at the end of a darts-themed wedding. Uh, <laughs> This guy, he's, he's organising a wedding. <laughs> and, he's, and he's obsessed with darts. And he uh, he decided to get um, uh, that famous darts player, I can't remember his name right now, George, just someone George, um, uh, to, uh, to, sort, to, to officiate it. And it was held at the Lakeside Centre where they do the darts. And he had the bridesmaids, uh, including my friend Lauren, dressed up as uh, dart boards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't think I'd marry him. But there again, um, I don't think I'd ever get married. But that's that's me. Um, makes no sense to make a contract about love. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> so yeah, that was really funny though. But anyway, next week's is with Dave Allen, um, whom I love and will uh, charm you with all of his positivity. That's the word for next week. But anyway, that was this week with Sue Hart. 
I hope you enjoyed it. Please write in and, and tell me how it's going. If you don't like stuff, let me know about that. If you do like stuff, let me know about that. Share it around. Tell people. Say, oh, I found this amazing podcast called Hobo Sapien with Grant Sharkey. It's the most amazing thing. It's only three episodes and it's already covered Dan Parkinson with his amazing sound skills. Uh, it's got a guy about Brexit, which wasn't a fuck fight. Um, which was amazing, and then it had this reverend on it, and it was really good. And then next week's apparently some sort of northeastern wonderful drummer uh, who's one of the nicest people on the planet. Then after that, oh, God, it's, it's an amazing list. I've I've been uh, trying to sort of get ahead of myself and record lots of things. So, yeah, the next next sort of 10 or so are all, all recorded, but there will be more recordings on the, uh, on the tour. Tour dates are on the website. I won't go through them here. Uh, there's pre-orders. If you want to order the album, please do. The uh, the vegan version will be up for sale soon. Uh, hopefully, that will be uh, linked. Be able to be linked on this this particular episode. And uh, and well, I'll leave you with with the lovely Sue Hart singing her song Crossroads. Thanks very much. Tell me you are.